Welcome back, Islanders. Today, the boys are back, and they're talking your undrafted nuggets. These are the players to watch that went undrafted during your 2023 fantasy draft. These guys are still out there. They could be some hidden gems. They could not be. We don't know, but these guys are going to cover it, and they're going to let you know. Today, we're going to go ahead and start it off with King. They're going to talk about a litany of things. King, go ahead and hit your well, list. It's, it's what we're going to do here, guys, myself and Bombo have came up with a list, and we sort of agree on the list, but there's a ton of guys out there didn't get drafted in a lot of leagues. you know. And we're talking a lot of leagues. If a guy didn't get drafted in over 50% of leagues, and we feel he's viable, he could have made this list. You know, because that just means half the people aren't even looking at him to draft him. It's a lot when there's millions and millions of fantasy teams, guys. Right? So I think what position we're going to talk about first is the quarterbacks and quarterbacks that are still out there. You know, there's a couple quarterbacks that are out there that are definitely going to be fantasy relevant this year. And maybe they won't be starters, but they're definitely going to be good backups. And if your guy goes down, these guys will put up numbers. Two guys I'll talk about really quick are Derek Carr in New Orleans, who's got weapons all over the place and a defense, and Jordan Love in Green Bay, both with great situations, great weapons, great teams, and great chemistries of what's going on there. So I think already those guys are going to be fantasy relevant, and they're not drafted at all. Carr's drafted on 34% of rosters. Love is drafted on 13% of rosters. But I think the guy I want to talk about is a guy that I've talked about earlier in the show is Sam Howell. Again, Sam Howell is on 8% of rosters, guys. That means he's not starting anywhere. By week two, everyone's going to be staring at him saying, I got to pick this guy up as my backup. Get him now. If your backup is already Baker Mayfield or somebody like that, trash him. Get Sam Howell. Take the risk. Jordan Love. Derek Carr. These guys are going to put up relevant numbers. I just, I feel these guys are out there and they're just too good to be undrafted. What do you think, Bombo? I think you're right on there with Sam Howell, especially if you either are not going with a backup quarterback or your starting quarterback is one of these quarterbacks that has the potential to lose you a week, a la Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones. These are guys that when they're on, they're on, but when they're off, they're these are the only guys I can think of, and I know there's more, that everyone around them could have fantasy blow-up games, and they score in single digits. So you spoke on Sam Howell's weapons that he has around him. Uh, I, think, I think they surrounded the kid with a ton, and he has the arm strength. And when it comes to Jordan Love, you know I'm a big Jordan Love guy. I've been, I, I'm more of a Jordan Love guy because of if he balls out, it kind of takes a shit on Rodgers. And for Derek Carr, I think he is rejuvenated. I, you know, I follow Derek Carr like on social media, this and that. As a Raider fan, Carr was my guy. I think he got the shaft there. But he has been welcomed with open arms by New Orleans. They've given him the keys to the franchise. And whether they believe it or not, they have him convinced that he's the guy taking the keys from Drew Brees and that this offense is now his. And all you got to do for a gamer like Carr is give him a little bit of that confidence. We saw how he shit the bed last year. That's because when that new regime came in, he already knew his days were numbered. Even with the extension, he knew his days were numbered, and he just ended up giving up. I like all those picks. I also like those picks over some guys that you were talking about that are on rosters right now. And I'm going to bring it over to the tight end position. Now, we talk about it on this show. 
there's so many peaks and valleys when it comes to the tight end position. You have your top guys, then you have a deep valley, then you have your average guys, and then you have another deep valley, and they're all dart throws. I'm going to give you guys some dart throws just based off current percentage in leagues. And the first guy I'm going to start off with is Sam Laporta. We've already talked about him. High-powered offense, has the opportunity. There's no Jamison Williams in Detroit for the first six weeks, and who knows how long it'll take for him to get back in the good graces of that organization because as of right now, it doesn't seem like he's doing everything he can to stay on the field. That leaves a ton of targets open for Laporta. The organization is already calling him tight end one. He's already got the rapport with Goff. He's at 5% owned. You guys who are drafting Herb Smith, you guys who are you know, drafting Gerald Everett, give Laporta a chance. If you're going to roll the dice on someone that hasn't done anything, roll the dice on someone that hasn't done anything that has no battle for target. And this brings me to Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end out of Green Bay. He's a physical specimen. He's tall. He's fast. The one knock on him is he goes down kind of easy, but if he's wide open, there's really nothing that you can do. So I like that he is the new element to that Green Bay offense. They haven't had a successful fantasy tight end since the Jermichael Finley days. And I think that he can build a rapport with love to take love to that next level. Jawan Johnson out of New Orleans. He's at 55% owned. Derek Carr loves throwing to the tight end. I repeat, Derek Carr loves throwing to the tight end. You have Olave on one side. You have the ghost of Michael Thomas on the other side, who I'm rooting for, though, by the way. But Juwan Johnson just seems to be getting better every year. He was catching passes from Jameis. He blocks. He does well. He's a big-body, athletic receiver-turned tight end. And I just think that New Orleans has a definite shot at winning the division. If they spread it out to all their offensive weapons, I think Juwan Johnson could end up being a top-12 tight end if you give him the opportunity. We got to get the ownership numbers up on some of these guys. It's just way too low because if these numbers are low for these guys, that means the ownership on some of these other guys is way too high. What are you thinking? No, you're absolutely right. You know it. And I think the thing that we have to look at here, right, is, is I think tight end, especially that position, there's always somebody who comes out every year and they weren't fantasy relevant and they blow up and they get that eight, 10 touchdown mark. And that's really what you're looking at, you know, for the watermarks as a tight end is touchdowns. And obviously, I love me Jawan Johnson. I didn't love him as much after they signed Jimmy Graham because I think they're going to put Jimmy Graham in the goal line packages. But Jawan Johnson's special. You know, the other guys are good too. And I like Laporta. I like Musgrave. But I think Jawan Johnson's the guy that, that I'd really target if he's on the waiver wire. You know, I think with that being said, you know, same thing with running backs. There's a couple running backs out there, and especially with the way the committees are, that we still need to keep an eye on them. And there's one guy out there who's really not getting a lot of pub, and I just want to give him a little bit of a shout right now because let's take a look at what's happened to the guy in front of him the last couple seasons. I'm talking about Jalen Warren in Pittsburgh. Najee Harris is the number one undisputed starter there, but Jalen Warren has juice. And when he comes in and plays for Najee, he performs. And here's the thing with Najee. Najee's two yards and a cloud of dust, Doug. He just doesn't seem to have that shake. He's not getting the big runs. He's not getting the big chunks. Jalen Warren is. So I think even after last year when there was time that Najee didn't play because of his Liz Frank, 
Jalen Warren did fine. And I think that the team saw that and they're going to give him more opportunities this year. And Najee better hope that this kid just doesn't explode because he's that good. But Jalen Warren's on 40% of the rosters out there. Pick this guy up. He's still going to be fantasy relevant because they're going to spell Najee, right? So Tank Bigsby, another guy, Jacksonville. I understand Etienne's there, but after Etienne, there's really nothing. You know, they're trying to piece guys together. And if Bigsby can get on the field, then I think that's somebody too. You know, a little shout out for another guy who's not on a lot of rosters, but Deuce Vaughn. He might get an opportunity by mid-year. And these are the guys you want to hold on for six or seven weeks because they're going to turn into pretty good fantasy players. But remember, you can always stash these guys on your bench and just wait for them to start producing. But I think those kind of guys are the guys you want to target, especially at the running back position. I agree. And especially with the with the Tank Bisbee take, Jacksonville, has, they brought in uh, Dernis Johnson from Cleveland. They still got Jermichael Hasty. But if you know Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson has his specialized backs in his offense. And I know we all want Etienne to be a workhorse, PPR, darling. But the reality is he might just be a role player on that team. And you see Tank Bigsby become the Adai, LeGarrette Blunt bruiser that runs down the clock and gets those goal line carries. And that's what it comes down to is who's getting the, the more fantasy-friendly carries. Because we had a lot of stock in Etienne last year, and there was times when he disappointed and big time coughed up the ball in crucial situations. So when you start seeing organizations bring a lot of competition in, it's either to motivate you to do better or to also let you know, hey, you're easily replaceable in this offense. Don't turn the ball over. So I like me some Tank Bigsby. Two tanks on one show. We go to Tank Dell, rookie wide receiver in Houston. Houston's in a full rebuild. They just went with C.J. Stroud as their quarterback of the future. And now it's time to see who he can develop a rapport with on, on the outside with the weapons. They got Nico Collins. Nico Collins is safe for, you know, the, that seventh tier of wide receivers. But if he was going to blow up, it, was, it has to be now because he has Tank Dell nipping at his heels. They, dra- they have the draft capital on him. He's quick. He's shifty. He runs great routes. You know, it's either between him or Michi as the future of that franchise. Only thing is, Michi's coming off of surviving leukemia. Shouts out to him. That's a huge deal. He's got to get back in football shape. He's missed a year. Tank Dell was drafted, and he's ready. I think that they're not going to put up a ton of yards. They're not going to put up a ton of points. But what you're looking for is that rapport, and you're looking for those games where Houston plays the Colts or you know, some of those games where Houston is playing somebody that's going to blow them out and they're just going to keep on running because right now they're at a rebuild. So no matter what, they're going to go with their game script that they would be using if they were in a close game. So they want to get the ball in the hands of their future stars. I think Tank Dell could be the future featured pass catcher for the Houston Texans. And if we're going to go super, super, super buried treasure, undrafted nugget, I'm letting you folks know right now, Puka Nakua, 0.8%. Puka, he's not even 1% owned. Hear me out, folks. Van Jefferson is the other receiver that they have on the Rams. Van Jefferson has been there for a while, and he's yet to take the reins from Robert Woods as that second guy. He's been there. He knows the offense. What keeps Van Jefferson around is he could block. But what Puka brings, and for those who don't know, you can look at Puka's senior bowl footage. This guy was catching everything. 
And then they just, that was it. His agent was like, that, they've seen enough. He runs the exact same routes at the exact same speed as Cooper Cup. He is also, I think, the Rams version of Debo Samuel. How many times has Sean McVay seen Debo Samuel carve his team up? He wants one of those. And I think they brought Puka Nakua in to be that. At BYU, I want to say he had about 500 yards on the ground. Uh, just lining up in the backfield with about four touchdowns. So he's a jack of all trades. The other thing is he's a gamer. He's, he's not a track star. He has game speed, similar to who? Cooper Cup. So when you hear that Cooper Cup is a big question mark going into the beginning of the season, don't immediately think that it's going to be Van Jefferson that's stepping into that wide receiver one role, maybe on paper, but it's Puka Nakua that can run the exact same routes and do the exact same thing in the offense, maybe not as efficient, but McVay should be giving him a chance. Rams aren't expected to be winning the Super Bowl this year. They might as well see what they got. They got a steal in the fifth round with Puka Nakua. And if he does blow up, that's a star in LA potentially with being a Pacific Islander heritage, being a super nice guy, super marketable. Just, you may not want to run out and grab him off your wave of wire right now, but put him on your watch list because if he has one blow up game, McVay's going to trust him and they're going to feed that kid. Similar to who they did with Cooper Cup. Yeah, no, I, I like Tank Dell. And I think one of the things over there is that if he builds a rapport with CJ Stroud, you know, you, you drafted the, the rookie receiver to match the rookie quarterback, and hopefully those guys are going to build the rapport. And, and I think you can take off in the next couple of years. I definitely like me some Puka. I mean, he's a big-bodied receiver. I just see him as a little bit more athletic type of Skoranek, and I like Skoranek there, you know, but I think Puka's going to be involved because, and, and just like you said, it's a fifth-round pick, but I don't think they picked until the fourth round. Yeah, you know what I mean, or it's a third round or something. So he was one of their higher picks. It wasn't like he he was like the sixth or seventh pick they had. So they knew what they wanted, what they needed. I think he's going to be involved a lot down in the goal line because of his his body type. But I think those are two great picks. Tank Dell's rostered on four percent of rosters right now, and like uh, Bombo mentioned, Puka's on less than one percent. After the first week, guys, it it's almost happens. It's too late sometimes. So we're just trying to give you that little insight before the season starts. Maybe you got some suspect guys now who you think, fuck, why did I draft this guy? He sort of sucks. Go get some of the guys we talked about. You know, I mean, it's there's always going to be guys on the waiver wire. Remember, guys, to really be viable throughout the year, you're going to have to keep a really good eye on that waiver wire. I know Bombo does a good job. T does a good job. But I sort of suck at that. But that was some good takes, Bombo. You know, for the Fantasy Island crew, for T, for Bombo, myself, good looking into the season, guys. Keep your eye on that waiver wire. We're out. <laughs>